The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and scoreline.ie. It's a Kilkenny Hurling Podcast brought to you by KCLR. Each week, myself, Robbie Dowling and former Blacks and Whites manager Eddie Scally cast our eye over all the action from the weekend senior, intermediate and junior league and championship games as well as looking ahead to the next round of action in Kilkenny. As always, I'm joined in studio by Eddie Scally. Eddie, how are you? I'm super, Robert. And yourself? Brilliant. Uh, brilliant weekend of hurling, it has to be said. Some long waits to get out of junior and intermediate finally came to an end. Thomastown, of course, winning the intermediate championship on Sunday on the scoreline of 129 to 17 points against Moonkine when Tullerher Ross Birkin were crowned junior champions on Saturday afternoon surprisingly to some not to others uh, with a win against St Lacton's by 119 to 17 points uh, we'll start with yesterday's game Eddie we're recording this of course on a Monday morning as always uh, Thomastown rampant really and very comfortable in their defeat of Moonkine in the Intermediate Championship uh, first of all it's been such a long wait I think they won the junior title in 2012 if I'm not mistaken they've had such heartache particularly in recent years you think back to last year's county final defeat to Danes Ford a couple of years back they lost in the semi-final to Glen Moore remember the penalty shootout defeat to Liz Downey of course most of our listeners will um, for Thomas Town to finally get up a mixture of relief and joy or just pure relief at this stage? I know it's, it'll be a mixture of relief and joy uh, to be fair. Um, I said it to you a couple of weeks back about this Thomastown team that they're not coming with the amount of baggage people think that they're coming with. Um, i just seen it yesterday and I was surprised with this one. Thomastown were relegated from the senior ranks in 1989 and that's how long it's been since Thomastown have been at the club at senior level in Kilkenny. Yeah. Now, when you put it into context, I think the last time they won an intermediate championship was 1983. So, you know, mm. there you are firing the stats out this morning yeah. for a fella that doesn't <laughs> do his fresh. homework. He's fresh. <laughs> um, but to be fair to Thomastown, you know, f- big parish, good history there. The one the Junior All Ireland in 2012, as far as I remember, the one the Junior All Ireland in 2012, I think it was, yeah. yeah. Um, but like you take the bulk of the team yesterday, the bulk of that team yesterday, they wouldn't have even, they would have been under 14s when Thomastown won. The junior All Ireland, mm. you know what I mean? Like these are, it's been a long wait and it's been a massive relief. But just to see the pictures yesterday from Nolan Park when um, the lads were lifting the cup, I think Stephen's captain there, I think yeah, he was Stephen lifting Donnelly, the cup. Yeah. To see the scenes behind him, like there was a sea of blue and white there. There was a massive crowd from Thomastown. Like I think, you know, as we know, I'm chief bandwagoner anyway, and ah, I yeah, leap onto these things. But jump on it. Um, it was great to see that the train pulled up at Nolan Park with all the Thomastown people as well, because I can yeah. tell you something for nothing. They they knew yesterday going to Nolan Park something <laughs> special was about to happen, yeah. and they weren't going to be getting someone texting them saying we won, because I'd say there was no one left in Thomastown. No, it you looked could like rob every house in it. Oh, you could literally. It was yeah, a free for all yeah. down there, and I can tell you something for nothing. It's going to be some mess later on with the flooding and then all these lads flooding out of pubs and stuff and deservedly so um, do you know it's you know the relief the relief is one thing so the older players will definitely feel that the likes of say Tucker who would have had a good few cracks at it John Joe Farrell you know they're the lads that'll really they'll really get a relief out of it now you know Um, because they've been there so many times and they've just not been able to do it but then you have other players there like you know for argument's sake Stephen Donnelly himself like even John John's had a lot of heartache there as well fantastic and yesterday Stephen's very young so like you know he wouldn't have had the world of hurt in there you know and it was just an unbelievable performance I said it to you in the semi-final it was the best that I'd ever seen them perform yesterday's performance was right up there again it was at that level scoring 129 in the county final is mm. unmerciful Um they're going to be out in Leinster in two weeks. They're going to be playing Clubon. Um 
formidable opponents now Clubon are what I would call a yo-yo club they're senior one year relegated to intermediate win the intermediate championship right. back up to senior relegated again so they're always there thereabouts you know they're very if they're intermediate they're never intermediate for long they get right back up yeah. into senior so that, that'll be a test but I said it here on this podcast last week or a week before I told you Thomas Summer are going to win the intermediate championship and they're going to win the intermediate all Ireland and I've seen nothing to change my mind in fact I think they're getting better the only fear I'd have is uh, how well the next week goes for them yes we might we'll get on to what the future holds because it is an incredibly exciting prospect not just the immediate future with the Leinster Championship but also obviously going up to senior next year but just in relation to this year and for the club there's everybody has their grievances with clubs and you know whatever it may be and you don't want to see one club win or that but I think most people not all people and uh, very very important that we stress that would be happy to see Thomastown go up they've had such a go at this they have been the second best team in intermediate for so long and for some strange reason they haven't been able to become the best team even though it looks so likely over so many years to finally get over that line um, I think most people in the county will be if not pleased then certainly kind of satisfied to an extent to see them win the intermediate championship yeah well look I think no one can deny they didn't deserve to win an intermediate championship no one can deny that and I've said to you millions of times before that you know losing in finals and losing in semi-finals doesn't give you a God-given right to go and win championships yeah. Thomastown I feel deserve to win the championship on the basis of the work that's been done in that club over the last say five or six years you look at the men that soldiered with these lads already Morris um, Aylward was there with Alan Roach done a phenomenal job Henry Shefflin was there for a couple of years did a great job Noel Doherty's been there for a while so you've all of these really really brilliant managers all adding a little bit to the pot and I think it was a culmination of all of that hard work from all of these people that's came to fruition yesterday inside in Nolan Park the team themselves they played absolutely brilliant they really did now it was Harlem Globetrotter stuff in certain parts of the game I seen Eddie Donnelly at one stage in the game yesterday he he seemed like he was going to go for a long range free and it looked like he was going to you know pumping this long down on top of whatever else. and next thing he just hit the pass absolute pinpoint accurate straight into John Donnelly's hand John went up into the sky came down with the ball turned and banged straight over the bar like you know for someone like say John who's been around there and he's he, you know he's had the heart attack I think John scored six points from play yesterday hmm. um, while he was being man marked while he was being chased from yeah. one end of the field to the other he still managed to get himself loose enough to knock six points over the bar um, you know he, he was just exceptional Stephen Donnelly I said it to you earlier in the year about all the captains standing up this year for different clubs no one more so than this kid mm-hmm. one age yesterday one in a eight. county final like in the name Incredible. of God if he has to buy a point in Thomastown for the next <laughs> 12 months the whole town should be shot <laughs> Like oh. just just brilliant, you know. It really was, and yeah. and for him, I think it was Tucker that set him up for the goal as well. It, it, you know, it was. Do you know what they were like? They were like Bally Hale in the sense that they weren't taking on like they hit enough wides now as well, and there was lots of stuff that can be tidied up on. But what they were trying to do nine out of ten times was find a man in the better position, and and sometimes in finals and things like that, lads can panic and play the occasion as opposed to playing the game. So what happens then is you panic and you're striking mm. balls from stupid angles and you're not looking up for your partner in space. Thomastown didn't do that yesterday. Every time a Thomastown player got the ball, head went up, looked, scanned the zone in a split second. Am I the man to take this on or am I the man to look for a fella inside? Now, I know, as I said to you, there's tidying up to be done because they hit a good few wides. But nine out of ten times they took the right option and they've been doing that 
they've been doing that all year like they've literally we spoke about this the scoring prowess from these boys this year in the championship I'd say they're top scorers in all of Kilkenny like in, oh, in, yeah. in every Must grade it's, it's, and the gap from Thomastown to the next team in intermediate this year is a mile Mm. You know that that defeat yesterday of Mooncoin and Mooncoin can be very proud of the season they've had. They'll be very disappointed with yesterday's game, but I actually think that's a realistic gap that Thomastown are that much ahead of everybody else. Right. The the game itself, Eddie. There was a large spell in the game where it was kind of seven eight point lead for Thomastown in the first half, and you were thinking if Mooncoin could get a goal here before half time, they might shake them a bit. Where Thomastown have done all the hurling, but they might only be two scores ahead. But then right on the stroke at halftime, we're certainly close to it. Stephen Donnelly, the detail menswear in case he'll our man of the match and the captain for Thomas Stown, gets a goal. It's a 13-point lead at halftime. How crucial was it for Thomas Stown that they didn't give Moonkind any sort of a chance before halftime to think that maybe there's something to cling on to here going into the second half? You see, it was something we talked about last week and it's it's so important. Had Moonkind got a really good start mm. and got doubt into Thomas Stown's mind, then you test them yeah. see where these lads are Thomastown at no stage yesterday did Munkoin get in on them and, and, and give them that rattle now <clears throat> if you if you look at the goal itself Munkoin were on the attack there was about six points in it at the time I think Munkoin were on the attack and a ball was bombed down towards Pa Walsh Pa kept it in play and got bottled up by three or four Thomastown players mm. He didn't have the support runners. The ball then broke out the field. I think it went to, I'm going to say it was either, it was either Eddie Donnelly or it was one of the midfielders. I can't remember, it was Eddie Donnelly or Peter McDonald got it. Drilled the ball into the corner into Tucker Hanrahan. Tucker got it up into his hand, turned, struck it straight across the ball into Stephen Donnelly and Stephen buried it. Now, at the other end of the field, that ball could have been popped over the bar and it's a five-point game or it could have been stuck in the back of the net and it's a three-point game. But instead, it's now a nine-point game in a split second. And then you're thinking, oh no, these lads are in mm. big trouble. And the Mooncoin heads drop for a couple of minutes and Thomastown tagged in three or four points as well. And next thing you know, 12, 13 points up at half time. All the talk on the radio, all the talk around was Mooncoin are now playing for pride because yeah. this is over. And unfortunately, at that stage in the game, that was Thomastown were never going to be relinquishing a 13-point lead at halftime, even if they only came out in the second half and sat deep and tried to see it out, which they were never going to do. Yeah, but yeah. if they had it done, they still weren't going to turn it around. Um, it was just down to a brilliant performance. But as you said, that goal, it was crucial because six points in Hurling is nothing. It really is nothing. Mm-hmm. It's two scores. But... 9, 10, 11 points, it went up to double scores very, very quickly. And once you get that type of lead up, it's very hard to pull it back. How disappointed will Moonkind be that maybe they didn't provide stiffer opposition to Thomas Town? Yeah, it'll be good. At, um, and in fairness to Moonkind, like it was one of the things we talked about. Um, you know, was how they'd set up or how they'd work and whatnot. You know, and and in fairness to Moonkind, they did like they set up very strong. You know, they set up to play the game. They had a man marker listed out to um, to pick up um, John Donnelly. They left Paul Hennerby free. Um, it was complex enough because I was listening to the guys in commentary. And it was like, they were like, where's the free, you know, how come there's a free Thomastown yeah. man back here in the back? But there was a free Thomastown man in the backs because the the Munkoyne centre forward had dropped to midfield and the Munkoyne midfielder had dropped to pick up John Donnelly, mm. which left Paul Hennerby in space free to manage there. And Paul had a very good game. He, you know, he's always going to have a good game. He's a brilliant hurler. So Paul was left to sit and mind the space around the house. John Donnelly... The way John plays, John drops back into midfield, drops back into the halfback, and he's just busy, like. Yeah. 
but you can't leave him on his own and in fairness there was one stage in the game yesterday where Thomastown came breaking out of the fence and John Donnelly kind of veered off to the left so the, the middle of the field was open and John Donnelly's man marker went with John Donnelly he said if you want to pop that over the bar yourself I think it was Peter Mack was coming out midfield with the ball he said if you want to pop this over the bar you can pop it over the bar but I'm not leaving this big lad free yeah. on the left hand side here so he went with him so this was as I said to you the last day you have to make them call sometimes if he goes to the toilet you go in there and stand beside him Yeah, you know and yeah, that's yeah. that's what they've done so in fairness to one coin they would have set up um they would have set up to play the game and to play the opposition as best as they could but unfortunately like this Munkine team they're progressing at a rate or not yeah. like, it's a juggernaut what's going on in yeah. Munkine two years ago winning a junior All-Ireland and here they are in an intermediate All-Ireland or intermediate county final in, in two years there's clubs would die to get it St. Martins Young Ireland's Dunhamagan all of them would only love to be in this position mm. so Munkine you know I don't think I think they'll be really disappointed that they didn't put up at, at, I'd say they'd be very disappointed it wasn't a tighter game if, okay. you, if you get me yeah. um, but it's just like Thomastown just had all the aces I mean before throwing Zach Bayamon gets dropped off dropped out of the team he pulls up injured right I think he did the warm up I think he broke down in the warm up to yeah, be honest possibly. John Joe Farrell slots in straight away at midfield like you know yeah. like this is what you're up against I said it to you the last day about John Joe Farrell coming in in the half back line like he comes in the respect he commands straight away other teams lose a player like Zach Bayamon and you're thinking oh god one of our midfielders or one of our star men is just mm. after dropping out of the team here Thomas down we just throw John Joe Farrell in John Joe goes in and absolutely has a storming performance mm. in the middle of the field I mean it's in fairness to to Thomas Town I think you could highlight Munkine they'll be really disappointed because it wasn't a tight game does it make it any easier if you lose a game by a point or ten points I don't know if it does you still lose Yeah. so you, you know you don't get a better draw in next year's county championships because you only lost by a point in this year's county final if I was if I was in the Munkine camp I'd be waking up this morning I'd be sore and I'd be disappointed in the whole lot but the cold light of day in a couple of weeks time when I start reflecting back on it I'd be looking at it and saying listen Thomas Town absolutely put everyone to the sword this year in the championship yeah. like was anyone close to Thomas Town in any game in a knockout championship match was there anyone close no I no. don't think like, like, genuinely I think no they weren't No, I think they murdered everybody they did yeah. and then there's other teams that they didn't get to play that I'm fairly confident they would have murdered them as well Yeah, and, I, and I'm saying this with the height of respect St. Martins Young Ireland's Blacks and Whites Inishtig Thomason hammered all like Tom, Thomason hammered Blacks and Whites they gave Inishtig a feral roasting mm. um, they gave Dunhamagan an awful roasting in the semi-final they won quite well yesterday yeah. you know so that's that's the gap from Thomastown to everybody else in the Intermediate Championship Thomastown are a senior team playing in the Intermediate Championship I said it I think they'll be very competitive next year mm. but for Munkine just remember there's going to be no Thomastown in the Intermediate Championship next year yeah. and now it's tightens the whole thing tightens up again was there a mentality shift in Thomastown this year compared to previous years where they couldn't get over the line that has seen them win all these games or is it just simply that the talent came to the fore and that they were consistent throughout the campaign? I know I think it's it's, it's it, maybe a little bit of both but I think it's more so the talent coming to the fore I okay. think it's more so the young players breaking into the team when I say young players now I'm on about the 20, 21, 22 year olds 23 year olds <clears throat> the backbone of that team is made up of 22 year olds and 23 year olds yeah. there's a couple of old lads in there as well you know John Donnelly is what 27 yes. I'm calling him an old lad there <laughs> John Joe Farrell is, is well older than 27 but yes. he's probably only 31 or 2 um, that's old yeah definitely not that old no, now. Yeah, yeah. do you know that type of way so you have all of them but the, the, the nucleus of the team are, are, are quite young they're 23 back and I think this talent pool is coming to the fore now and this is why 
they're so they're so strong, and this is why they're going to be so strong going into next year's championship as well. They're just they're a brilliant team. It's it's great a great time to be from Thomastown, I'd say. Say so. Um, right, we will look ahead to the future then, and it is. Uh I, I was calling them Clockbond, but it's uh, Clubon. Yep. Uh, if the Wexford side to come on the weekend of November 4th or 5th, if I'm not... No, November 11th or 12th uh, in the Leinster Intermediate Quarter Final. For Thomastown, we say this about a lot of clubs, uh, that they achieved the Holy Grail and then all of a sudden, in a week or two weeks, you're out again. For Thomastown, there's no denying that winning the Intermediate Club Championship in Kilkenny was the absolute ultimate goal and they wouldn't have been thinking beyond that would you be concerned at all that they're going into a Leinster campaign where they've already done everything that they want to do and they have to go again and maybe they'll just it'll just be one of those things where it's not the biggest of deals for them and they're eliminated early against a very very dangerous and capable club on side as you've, as you've said they are yeah no look see the the thing about these Leinster championships is and this is where it gets important as you progress in these championships they become more important the first round okay. is kind of a bit of a you know ah uh, well, like, really? Is oh, it, yeah. yeah, it is. It can be. Now, different at senior when you're looking at trying to... Like, if you take, say, just give you an example, Naser after winning five in a row in the Hurling. Yeah. They want to have a crack at Leinster. Okay, yeah. Do you know the type of way? They're really focused on that. Yeah. The Shamrocks will tell you, you know, they were really focused on winning in Ireland. Do you, do you know, they're the yeah. type of clubs. So when you when you win a junior championship, you win an intermediate championship, your focus was on getting promoted to the, the grade above you and you've, you've achieved your focus and your target. Now, with Thomastown... I think there's an All-Ireland there for them. And I don't know, did Noel say that to them in the dressing room after the game when he had them all? Because you do have that five or ten minutes just you and the lads together. And, you know, I'd be hoping that Noel said to them, look, boys, you've achieved everything we asked you to do. You've done it. Go and, you know, enjoy tonight, enjoy tomorrow. You know, really go at it and, and have the crack. But, lads, you know, we're the best team in Kilkenny by a distance, which makes us, in my opinion, favourites to win the championship the All-Ireland Championship I want to bring this group of players to Crow Park and you can achieve this but you're going to have to enjoy Sunday Monday, Tuesday and we'll be back in the field on Thursday morning no No, 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 back in the field Thursday morning now the only thing I would say is a good few of these lads are really good soccer players Thomastown is a very good soccer club. There, the soccer team might be saying, "Listen, lads, you know, you don't don't take the mick now. You had them all summer. It's time to let them come and play soccer." And there's other stuff. There's lads there that'll have wives that'll want to go on holidays. They'll have girlfriends. They want, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so all that stuff gets in the way as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. But the truth of the matter is, it, Thomastown will not regret giving it everything in the in, in the Leinster Championship. They might regret not giving it everything. Yeah. Oh, I just want to pick up on something that you said that maybe the first round is about girlfriends and yeah, stuff. Yeah, about girlfriends. And what's that like? Uh, no, but the, the first round of the uh, of the championship because of course you were in the first round of the championship last year with the blacks and whites. You lost to a Dublin side. No, we didn't. Game. We won the first. Oh, round. you won the first round and lost to Nola Park in the quarter final. Semi final. Yeah. Semi final was that against? Uh, I can't remember the name of them. Begin with C or something. Yeah, up around Crow, the still there. or Crooks or no. something. It wasn't them, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah. But um. Uh, like when you won like for the Blacks and Whites it was such a long wait as well I think it was 2009 the last time they'd won the Junior County title then you won it in 2022 was there that sense of we've achieved everything we've, we wanted to achieve and now by the way there's another match to go and there's another competition to go or were you able to turn your focus straight away what was that experience like? For us um I, I I didn't think about Leinster. Um, I never even came to my head. Ronnie interviewed me after the game, and he mentioned the Leinster yeah. championship, and that was the first time I kind of even thought about it. Um, the draw, the draw was kind enough to us in the sense that we went to Westmead to play in the first round, and that we treated that. Apologies to the Westmead. Yeah, you're okay. Um, you know, the draw was kind that way in the sense I got to go home 
to Westmead, so there was a bit of crack. I had some family up at the went match to, as Went well. extra time and all that, didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, we I remember left it there. Yeah, yeah. Apologies, apologies, so apologies. We got the bus up and the whole lot, so we kind of treated it as another jolly boys out. Oh, right. We okay. did. Yeah, now, yeah. we didn't do it on the way up. We expected to go up and beat the stones out of these lads. Yeah, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Lesson learned there, Rob. Yeah, yeah. Never <laughs> underestimate anyone. And we were cruising and they absolutely just tore us asunder. Yeah, yeah, I remember it now. So, standing on the sideline, family there in the whole lot, just felt like my head was going to pop off my shoulders. Oh, really? Winning the junior championship was seemed a distant memory yeah, that day. Yeah. But, um, no, in fairness to the lads, we came back and... Um, you know, we got we got we got over the line in extra time. We were we were we did, yeah. genuinely. I thought we were the better team, considerably the better team. But we were we weren't on it. Our attitude was poor and everything else. And then we drew the Dublin team in Nolan Park, and that was on the twentieth of November, around the twentieth, twenty first of November. Um, commercials, commercials that in Dublin. Really, that's wasn't it. it. Yeah. Yeah. The, I know, the only reason I remember is that Puchin's still there. It'd be their local, if you know okay, what I mean. That's yeah. that's where they were. So, and in fairness, commercials they were very good. Awful game, awful weather. I think we were. Six points to two goals up at half time. Yeah, I remember. You know, it was one of them. Well, that'll be level. Yeah, no, six points to two goals. I think we were a point up. It was it was right. seven points to two goals. Okay, maybe it was like it was terrible. Yeah. Um, but they looked to beat us. To beat us fair and square. Were we utterly devastated inside the dressing room after the match? No, they went and got okay. beaten in the next round. Then by Horswood. Horswood won Leinster. Now the only reason we would have been so disappointed was that Crow, our full back and. No, talisman for the team yeah. Crow's wife is from Horswood her Crow's brother-in-law would have been playing centre-back for Horswood and oh, right. you know yeah, little backstory there we would love him to get a crack yeah, at them yeah, and the whole yeah. lot but the point that I make to you is we our full focus was on winning that junior championship yes and I honestly feel we didn't attack the Leinster championship with the same vigour and it's something I regret okay. I think we should have and I think we left it behind us I think Thomastown one million percent should attack Leinster and I think they'll win Leinster and they'll win the All-Ireland but they need to attack it you can't do the jolly boys on tour if I get a text saying there's a 52 yeah. seater bus coming up you can travel with the team bring your cans they're goosed you yeah. have to treat it as treat it as a next phase and it could be a great learning curve for Thomas and I'd love to see them back in Crowbark is it difficult to treat it as a next phase yeah it is if it you're is really hard, unless it, you're yeah. Ballyhale or that's what I'm saying. To yeah, you. It's different. yeah, that's what I mean. Especially when it's such a long way it's like to win. This is it. Yeah. It's, it's it's just Ballyhale, Ballygunner, Napierschig, Nace. All these teams are winning their championships. Kilmacook Crokes and Kilmacook Crokes in football. football. <coughs> you know they're winning football, they're winning championships in their own counties yeah. every year. So then there's another competition that they target, and that's what I think. Thomastown, Thomastown really should target it because. I think they'll win it. Okay. Uh, just very finally on this, because it's really interesting to get somebody's uh, take on it when they've on, been on that side of things. If they were to be eliminated, say, fairly shortly after uh, they entered the Leinster competition, does it put a dampener on what you've achieved at all? No. No. It, see, this is this is what I'm saying to you. <laughs> like, it's terrible. But you lose the Leinster final, I'm sure you'll be gutted. If you lose an All-Ireland right, final, yeah. you'll be gutted. And no matter what you say, like, you go into the dressing room to a team that's just been beaten in an All-Ireland final and say, look, boys, yeah. we, we won what we wanted to do. We're senior yeah. next year. You know, they're going to be devastated. But, like, that's, that's sport. You yeah. challenge yourself and push yourself to the hardest level. Is there a damper on? No, th- this competition's finished now. No matter what happens in Leinster or in the All Ireland series, Thomastown won the Intermediate Championship yeah. with Kilkenny. Separate competition. There's a new competition now starting called the Leinster Championship. If Thomastown want to have a rattle at it and bring a Leinster title home to their home club, they should go for it and they'll win it. And if they don't win it, they still won the Kilkenny Championship. There's nothing lost. On you go. You'll have a 
platitude of excuses you can use but the truth of the matter is I'd like to think that Thomas Dunn will have a Leinster title on the bar counter down in O'Hara's or a salmon pool around about the middle of November start of December around that time Right How close will they be to a senior county title in 2024? They'll definitely be in the last four I said that's um, a big call it is a big call but you know me I'm the man for that's, the big that's calls that's what this podcast is all about <laughs> I didn't come here to make friends yeah. <laughs> no I know I think you look at that Thomastown team and this is the other side of it too the only Thomastown player in there at the moment with the Kilkenny senior panel is is, is John Donnelly um, yeah. there could be a few other lads there putting their hands up now as well Um Stephen Donnelly scored 1-8 yesterday in the county final I, 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 I'll eat the top of that pen if I don't see him in a Kilkenny jersey next year in a couple of league games early in the year a couple of Watch Cup games to give him his chance if he wants to play for Thomastown um, but it'd be interesting times No, the way I, I honestly think Thomastown could be I think Thomastown will be challenging there next year Really? They, yeah I think they'll be right there I'll put it this way I'll be absolutely stunned if I'm talking about Thomastown relegation next year Yeah so would I but do you, th- do you think semi-final is bit of a stretch at all no especially in your first year back up where maybe you can be a bit more conservative and pragmatic I actually think in your first year is your best chance oh really I think teams will underestimate you I think you've everything there you've nothing to lose throw the shackles off go out and rattle it I honestly think teams will underestimate Thomastown and I think they'll regret it because Thomastown will be punishing teams so I think if anybody from Thomastown listens to this and I know some of the lads do pull up the socks straight away winter well and get stuck into that Kilkenny Championship next year I'm telling you they won't be too far away Do you think Thomas Town before we move on to the junior side of things do you think Thomas Town are going to be one of those teams that uh, maybe have a run for two or three years and then go back down or are they here for the long run? They're here for the long run because the underage structures in the club are very good the the, 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 the pool of players coming through is very good the age profile the, for the bulk of these lads is really good isn't it great John Joe Farrell's going to get to play senior hurling for the yeah, first time you know I actually heard another one yesterday which is deadly John Joe Farrell was on he played in the first match well it was actually the second match it was on the same day he played in the first day that Casey Law ever live covered a match Okay. John John Joe Farrell at 16 years of age was playing for Thomastown that day in the Intermediate Championship. Jesus. And another little stat for you now. The first game ever covered live by KCLR was between I'm going to say Blacks and Whites and Tuller Ross Birkin. And I then know I it think was Tuller Ross Birkin for a fact. Yeah, it was Blacks and yeah. Whites against Tuller Ross Birkin. And then the second game, if I'm not mistaken, was Thomastown against Dunhamagan. Something like that. Yeah. And John Joe Farrell was playing in that game oh, at amazing. 16 years of age for the club. Yeah. And here he is yesterday winning the championship now I think it was 2003 was the first year right, so that he, makes John Joe about 35 yes, or 36 mid 30s then wow yeah. okay so there you are well I have to say he taught me for a bit in secondary school so congratulations to John Joe and congratulations to Thomas Town well earned and we do look forward to uh, providing live commentary on their Leinster quarter final against Clubon. we'll also provide live commentary on Saturday as Tuller Ross Birkin take on Wicklow site St. Patrick's in the opening round of the Leinster club championship that's because Tuller defeated St. Lactons in the junior final on Saturday gone 119 to 17 points uh, again we'll get on to their Leinster venture Eddie but what did you make of this? Um, it it kind of went the way I expected to I said it to you after the Emeralds game that if I was allowed to jump ships which we weren't allowed to that I'd be jumping onto the Tullaher bandwagon mm. straight away and I said that Tullaher are going to win the championship yeah Um they delivered in fairness to one of the Tuller players he texted me and said welcome onto the bandwagon yeah, Scal yeah. and the whole lot so obviously he listens to the podcast <laughs> but um, they were the best team in the championship when it came to knockout championship they were the best team in it um, the match at the weekend 
you know, it was it was a good game. It, you know, it wasn't unreal. The, the, the unreal outstanding player in the game. Like it's it, there's mad stuff. Danny Glennon, Danny Glennon had touched the ball three times, and he had a goal and two points from his three touches. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. um, uh, you know that that type of stuff. And I'm not being harsh on him either. Like, but genuinely, he got a few touches after this. But his first three touches. Yeah. Now this was spread over. 50 minutes of hurling yeah, yeah. he scored a goal in two points um, phenomenal uh, efficient a, uh, efficient yeah. yeah the other one that was really good was Marty Murphy um, mm. he's fantastic yeah he really is and I presume it's his brother Islam Murphy I yeah, think the two of them are brothers brilliant interview after the game <coughs> they are brothers are they yeah yeah they're brothers yeah they're only young lads that, that's I said to you under 19 yeah well I said that to you the last day I said I hadn't seen this Marty Murphy fella before which meant he had to be young because he yeah. didn't play against me but he was wing forward He's a colossal, he's a huge man. Uh, I don't know what's going on down in Tuller as well. He always had a huge no. man, I have to say. If I lived in Tuller, like, I'd be like one of the little people. They'd be like, oh, the little lads coming up from the village. Oh, man, you know, yeah, yeah. but like, like Dunny is well over 6'3". Wally is well over that. Yeah. You know, this, this fella is another giant of a man, but he knocked in three points. Wally Welch knocked in three points as well. Um, I think, in fairness to St. Lactons as well, they, they brought James Marr back to man Mark Wally they did yeah and like that was some tussle like it mm. really was it was it was for me it was the highlight of the game was the two of them he, in, a, in fairness to him Wally got three points but James Mar James Mar got as much as do you know what I'm saying yeah. he got as much out of that battle as Wally did like he really held Wally quiet um, but it was it, you know it, like do you know when you look at a game and you say oh St. Lacton should have done this or could have done that yeah. or whatever they, they, they did everything they needed to do they they got their matchups right um, the game itself Tuller settled way quicker and that's the biggest thing with a county final is settling quickly Tuller did that so that gave them a real advantage and then like Tuller's backs are super experienced well, no, not all of them but say Pat Hartley there at centre back he sits in the Richie Reid role he Scans around what's going again. on. Yeah, uh, but surely he's like this is. But you know, it's because of the type, yeah. the type of game he plays. Um, fa- he's he's just fantastic. Like he's he's just. Did you ever know the good players always end up where the ball is? Yeah. And he's one of them lads. You'd have a ball at wing back, and Hartley is 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 scanning the zone, and he's making sure he drops into the pocket where he thinks you're putting that ball, and he's brave enough to back himself and get to them positions because he doesn't have. He won't mind me saying this now, but he doesn't have the legs no, he used to have. He can't, yeah. you know, he can't cover every inch of blade of grass in the field, but he doesn't have to. His brain lets him reduce that running by fifty yeah. percent. But that was part of what won them the game. The other part won them the game was the young lads on that team. Like Thomastown, there's a pattern here. The young lads in that Tuller team is the reason Tuller won it. Young lads playing without fear in that forward line, running, their movement. And like as I said, you have the sprinkling, you have the Dunny, you have the Pat Hartleys, and you have the the Wallies there to mind them young lads through the games. But then if they when I say young lads as well, now they're not all babies, but Keno Dunhu Connor Hennessy, uh, Danny Glennon, Marty Murphy, you know, um, Jamie Ling in midfield. Like, there's so many young lads. They've all running in the world. And, and what they had was they'd forwards that could take their scores. St. Lacton's will look back on this game and they'll say, our forwards didn't fire. And that's why we got beaten. For for St. Lacton's then, just we're obviously going to go on about Tuller Ross Burke quite a bit. But St. Lacton's, for Munkine, it probably felt like a great season came to not an inevitable conclusion, but certainly it was more likely that Thomaston were going to win that final than uh, Munkine. For St. Lacton's, unbeaten to this point, albeit the only time they didn't win was a draw against Tuller Ross Burke. 
to lose in the final your only defeat of the season this will be very very tough to take I would have thought it will um, there's no there's no way of dressing it up um, yeah. like I, I actually don't think that they performed to the level that they're capable of at all this that'll year. make it worse would it yeah. Um, yeah like think about it in the semi-final against Wine Gap they won a really tight game it was a horrible game and they just barely got over the line. Mm. In Bally Ragged, what was it? 2-12 two, two two, to one eleven. Two twelve to one eleven. Right like like yeah. one twelve to one eleven with a minute to go on a match. Like that tells you, and I said this to you at the time, that tells you everything you want to know about how ugly that game was. Yeah. And that's the run in. And I, 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 I did warn last week that they were just flying too close to the sun, that they were just barely getting over the line yeah. you alluded to it and you said oh well sure blacks and whites did the same but we were knocking in 218 and 219 and 317 you know yeah. we were putting up big scores as well Yeah. in fairness to St Lactans where they struggled this year was to put up the big scores they did win loads of games and they yeah, only yeah. drew one as you say but it was just that's what they need to, to, to work on over the winter and it is really hard as well all the form lines are against you when you're relegated so mm. everything is on a downward trajectory because you've just dropped down that hole. And in fairness to St. Lacton's, they picked up their teeth, hurled their way through a full championship, got to a county final and fell at the last hurdle. Is it the end of the world? It'll feel like it. this weekend it'll felt like it, but you'll find it. They'll be back training again in December. They'll know that Tuller are gone out of the championship. Don't get me wrong, that, that intermediate championship is not going to be much easier next year, or junior championship, I should say, isn't going to be a whole lot easier. You have Olock and Gales coming down on the other side. That's going to make life tougher yeah. for Dixborough on the far side. But whoever comes out of the city side, or the second team side, I should say, they'll, they'll be formidable opposition. But in there, in that junior grade, it's back to six and six. There's a lot of teams. Wine Gap are going to feel that they didn't do it this year. Piltown are going to feel the same. Gregnam Manor. There's teams there... Bally ragged even it's it's a hotbed St Lactans they don't want to stay there they don't want to get comfortable in that grade just very finally on St Lactans because obviously the county finals are out the winners at the end of the day 2021 they lose an intermediate final 2022 they get relegated from intermediate 2023 they lose a junior final so it's been a really sour end it has to be said for the last three seasons presumably with the same or in and around the same set of players in the same panel can it be tough to bounce back after such kind of consistent not failures but disappointments oh it can um, God it can <laughs> like it is it's so hard any lad that's kind of in, in the range 31, 32, 33 that's thinking you know I've yeah. you know it's it, that's where you're thinking do I want to go through this again like this shite and getting you know because mm. it is like I think people don't realise it as well like my wife started to realise it in the last number of years. Like, uh, yeah. I remember we'd be getting betting matches and she'd be over smiling after the game and said to me, well, she's uh-huh. run. That didn't go great, <laughs> oh, did it? And I'm Jesus. like, you get your stuff, get out of the house, yeah. you're gone. <laughs> you're we're, moving. We're done. Yeah, you know, yeah. you were moving here, like, you know. So, <laughs> But it was, like, I, I always remember a fella said, make sure you lock the dog outside tonight, like, because he'll be killed, Jeez. you know. Um, but it's, it's just, it really is, it's just a heartbreaking time. And, yeah. And it is, it is hard to pick up your teeth. Like some lads, you get two or three weeks and they're fine. And does other lads take two or three months to get over these things? Yeah. Um, I don't know what category all the St. Lacton's lads are going to fall into. But is it hard? It is. It really is hard. But what you should do is look at Thomastown. 
Yeah. How hard was it for all them? I yeah. guarantee you what won't be hard tonight is I'll tell you what will be really hard getting a point in Thomas down this evening on yeah, a Monday night that's true. when Party Central is on. <laughs> I, I, I will say the downs can be really, really, really down in sport, but the highs, you know, you live your whole life trying to hit them and you don't get too many of them. You get sh- loads of downs, loads of them. Yeah. You'll only get the occasional one where you hit them highlights well, and by God, you'll live your whole life trying to repeat it. The lows linger a lot longer than the highs. They, see, they're just, so, they're, so, they're just so infrequent. The lows are far more... Like, I remember saying it to, to one of the lads one day, one team wins the championship, everybody else lost. Yeah. So, there's 12 teams going out to try and win an intermediate championship. Thomas then won it, 11 of them lost. There was... Yeah. 15 or 16 teams trying to win the junior championship Tuller did it the other 14 or 15 teams didn't so look what I'd say is I'd always box that energy that that negativity that you're feeling now I'd have that in the back of my mind I'd keep that boxed and I'd use that again at half time in a county final Okay. well they're very lucky to have Stephen Farrell as manager of course so he will um, hopefully from a St. Lacton's point of view lead them back uh, to the promised land which will be intermediate hurling in 2025 Uh, for Tuller, Ross Burke and Eddie they took the lead never really relinquished it Uh, you mentioned it there and touched on it very briefly when you're in a county final particularly but any game of course when you have that kind of 3-4 point buffer and the opponents can't edge into it is that a sign that you're on the route to victory and how important is it to get that as early as possible in the game? Yeah, I think, see, what, what the big thing is, is, is and, and, and I use the word settle, it's it's settling into a game. Like, if you take the first five or six minutes of that game the other day, Thomastown, or Tuller, I should say, had hit, say, three or four scores and St. Lacton's had won and maybe one or two wides. And it's it's not... It's not that. I remember years ago, a manager said to me uh, when I was playing, oh, the team that scores first generally wins a county final. And I remember thinking, he was telling me this at a county final in the dressing room. And I remember thinking, at the time, right, we need to get the first score. And then we didn't. And then I remember thinking, well, we're going to get bet now. <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah. I, I always put it down as the worst team talk yeah. ever given in the dressing room. Uh, I'll never forget it, actually, yeah. in fairness to the clown. Um, what a stupid thing to say to a team before they went down the field, oh, talk about negative. But it is, what what I would say is, it's it's about settling faster. Tuller, both of them teams had a sprinkle of experience there. They had experienced yeah. players that would be settling into the game. Um, but the Tuller, the Tuller main men, settled a lot quicker and Tuller got to play the game so once you get that three or four point buffer you dictate the pace of the game and when you're dictating the pace of the game you've won won hand on the cup I should say so your goalkeepers puck outs you can slow them down just a degree to be a little bit more kind of planned or lethargic with what you're going to do you're losing by three or four points ball goes out for a sideline ball ball goes out for a puck you're trying to get it back in the pitch as quick as you can you know you're under pressure and for the whole of that match yesterday or on Saturday St. Lacton's were under pressure and for the whole of that match Tuller had that little bit of a gap at all stages in the game there was no time in the game I didn't think Tuller were going to win This was Tuller's fourth year back at Ticket Junior I think they went down in 2019 if I'm not mistaken um for them, we mentioned about Thomastown that there'll be that relief. Is it relief for Tuller, do you think, as well? It, it, well, it would be because like, there were favourites to win the championship every year bar this year. Yeah. So that's stung now. They got beaten by Wingap in the first round of the championship last year and I know that that really hurt them. Um, I know the lads, like a few of the boys would have been shouting for us during the year. I remember when we won the championship, <laughs> one of them was out with another friend of mine and he said... How in the name of God did they win that championship? He was like a dog. Yeah, but when he'd see me, he'd be like, oh, well, done, Scal, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. but I knew and he knew that he just, it sickened his guts to see who won the championship when he felt, like they genuinely, they bounced by 28 points yeah. last year in the league. Like they, it was an awful <laughs> mate. Um, but they, they just, what was happening was 
there was a risk that people and I know you know I don't like the term bottlers but there was a no. risk that people were going to start shoehorning that tag to them okay. because like I watched them struggling against them um, Barrow Rangers a couple of years ago as well in a in, down in Thomastown the game was played and you know Barrow Rangers at the time wouldn't have been seen as you know at the higher end of junior championship they weren't expected to go and win it but they gave Tuller a fair rattle down there that day and it was down to like I remember I think Keane I don't know who would have been in corner forward and I'd say Connor Hennessy they were only just up out of minor yeah. um, but it was at that stage then everyone was talking about Tuller because they had all these really good minor players that were coming through and you know they just had to deliver and in fairness to them four years isn't that long do you know what I mean yeah. but if you're if you're in the heads of some of these lads four years is a lifetime yeah yeah um, so I think it was important to get over the line when they did but I don't think they let that serial loser thing kick in on them at all I think okay. they, they, they would have had now I know speaking interviewing Donnick O'Connor after the semi-final he had said that there was nearly a year between the day they got knocked out of the championship and the first round of the championship the following year and he said that was a long yeah. year to last get going last year's I'd say yeah. and, um, do you know what this is back to the bottle and the hurt they obviously did and carried it into the dressing room with them at the weekend because honestly I, I thought it was a very very it was a mature performance, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, really. It really was. It was a very kind of calm performance. There was no late flake and anything like that. It yeah. was a very, very professional performance from Tuller. They, okay. they, they, they really did. Took the game by the scruff of the neck and, and did what they had to do. Managed all the positions. The only battle, you know, in fairness to St. Lactons, that was a real left-to-centre call to take James Marr back to pick up Wally. Um, I yeah. thought that serious balls doing that now I mean yeah. James Maher is normally centre forward and he comes back to pick up Wally Welch and, and I have to say it again and I know like it can't be underestimated either Wally Welch started an All-Ireland Senior hurling final four months ago yeah do, do you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. this is a junior final in Kilkenny and in fairness to James Maher now I know James Maher is a polished hurler as well yeah, like, played for Kilkenny you know a super player but in fairness to James I've never seen him in the backs but he came back and he done a really good job he can be very proud of his performance yeah um, Tuller Ross Birkin then we touched on the future for Thomastown the future for Tuller Ross Birkin begins this Saturday incredibly Eddie for a lot of people St. Patrick's of Wicklow the Wicklow Intermediate Champions await at 2 o'clock it'll be live on KCLR as I said the venue is yet to be confirmed I presume if it's a home title it'll be Nolan Park but we'll have to wait and see on certain things that happen there um, but for them like a, a one week break compared to Thomastown who have a two week break Three week break for Thomastown. Three week yeah. break for Thomastown. Would you be worried for them at all ahead of the run Leinster Championship? They're playing the Wicklow Intermediate Championship. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'd fancy Tuller to give the Wicklow Senior Hurling team a rattle. Yeah, so would I. To be honest with you. Do you know on their day? Yeah. Um, that, that's us both part of Wicklow. Yeah, no, we're well. finished. There. <laughs> that's about <laughs> never. That's about disrespectful. <laughs> no, <laughs> we but, uh, ain't going into the Wicklow. No, but I think team. like same, <laughs> same Pat's, same Pat's. Um, I presume it's St. Patrick's Carnu. Like there, yeah, yeah. this would be their second. They were team. the football in something last year. I I'd say that this could be. I oh, know it can't be their second team. Second teams aren't allowed in the championship. Yeah. Um, if it's St. Pat's Carnu's first team, this won't be simple now. Mm. Um, to be to be pretty strong. What generally happens in these games, and I'll just say it as it is, is yeah. it, the referee is going to have a massive part to play in the game because the Tuller lads will play the game at a much faster pace than what St. Pats will be used to, and St. Pats will end up fouling an awful lot, and Tuller's free taker will end up knocking over 14 or 15 points if you get a referee okay. that blows for them, and if you don't, you could end up in an extremely scrappy game. Um, I think Tuller, the fact that the match was played on Saturday and that they're such a sensible bunch of boys, Dela went on the rip Saturday night. 
that went on the rip yesterday. On the my wedding, yeah. Today, I'd say, I'd say there's school teachers down in good council teaching their classes today. I'd say they'll be fine. I think they'll be training okay. tomorrow night. Yeah, two days. Jesus, you know, it's enough. Ah, yeah. That's the way I'd be looking at no, it. No, I know, I agree. Um, I do agree. And I think, I think, I know, I think they'll be back in the training field on Tuesday night, no matter what happens. Yeah. Um, and that'll be, look, they'll be sick. Uh, like you take, uh, in the football at the weekend, St. Joseph's got knocked out by Year Oak, uh, the leash it champions, did, yeah. the football champions. But they had only six days between drinks as well, and the game went extra time Jeez, and man. everything. I was thinking, God almighty, them poor lads must be dying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... You underestimate how quick these lads recover. They're so fit, they're so strong. Yeah, yeah. A couple of days celebrating, back on the game. Um, all jokes aside, uh, the Wicklow senior hurling team would absolutely murder Tuller or Ross Birkin. Um, no, they would, yeah. You know, so that, like I, I said, I'm kind of joking, but St. Pat's. Karen, we should say that I think Wicklow were in the Joe Mack not too long ago, so they are very good. I know, sure. I've seen them, I've seen them yeah, playing yeah. in the league this year against yeah. Carlo. Like, I mean, they're not, they're not a million miles yeah, off yeah. it. Um, but I still expect. Put I'll put it this way: Tuller are going to be about one to ten. Um, go and play in that game it's as simple as that it's the same as we were when we went to Westmead last year we were short price favourites yeah. and we nearly got caught um, so we should have been caught actually we would have deserved to have been caught because we went up there with a smack of arrogance off us mm. um, Tuller if it's a home game which you said it's listed as a home game gives them a much better opportunity um, is it important to be a home in Leinster particularly in the first round <laughs> well we won the first round away and got knocked out in the second that's round of home that's well, um, yeah. I don't know as, as yeah, somebody yeah. that's got a bit of pedigree <laughs> in it um, I know I think I think it is I think your own environment is a nice thing as well that you know teams yeah. travelling down um, I know I know teams will come to uh, Kilkenny kind of thinking oh here we go these lads think gods and the whole lot but look it'd be an interesting time Tuller Tuller should give it a go uh, they'd have a very good chance in the Junior Championship um, and trying to think who won the Junior Championship in Wexford at the moment who are the current Junior Champions I think I actually think they'd have a very strong opportunity I think Commercials were an exceptional team last coming year. out of Dublin yeah last year I think they were very very good and um, and I know Horace Wood were excellent last year as well coming out of Wexford so you, you know you did have a year where a couple of teams bounced but I think and even the actual team that went on to win the Junior All-Ireland the Cork champions um, yeah. remarkably they got beaten in the Junior All-Ireland final the year before by I'm going to say Munkoin it was it was yeah they got beaten in the Junior yeah. All-Ireland final by Munkoin and then the following year they come back and win the Junior All-Ireland so that's Cork up to their snaky snakiness <laughs> as usual you win the Junior Championship and then you're going to be playing Junior again yeah, next yeah, year yeah. so that's what happened there, there now um, we're, so we're going, both going to go for uh, Tuller Ross Burkin victory presumably uh, do you want to predict the venue so we can get some sort of a prediction do you think it'll be in Nolan Park no the weather is no, atrocious yeah, I wouldn't have thought so either uh, the weather is really bad you can play you can play these matches at home in Tuller? Yeah. Do you think it'll be in Tuller? No. No, near do I. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd say where it could end up being is you could end up in somewhere like Greg Namana. You could end up with somewhere like... In, well, it definitely won't be in Inish League with the weather. That, that pitch, if it rains for a day, is in trouble. Um, there's storm, like there's an orange wind, weather warning out there today. Nolan yeah. Park, senior final on Sunday. You know, where it could be, if they want, it could be in the Dunmore Centre of Excellence. They could move it to Callan and play it there. I think there. Callan, that's where I'm going. Um, yeah, I think Tuller would prefer the game to be a bit closer to home. Um, okay. Blacks and Whites, believe it or not, in I think it was 2011 or 12 in the Leinster Championship, they played the game in Tom Walsh Park and did a big marquee up beside the pitch and everything for the crack afterwards. 
so you could turn it into a real party as well like um, not that it'd be the right thing to do but <laughs> um, <laughs> not for the players but if you decided you wanted to go I don't know I don't know where the match will be I'd imagine it won't be Nolan Park they'll be resting that pitch for Sunday yeah I would have thought so as well um, ok so that is to be confirmed uh, and then Tuller finally Eddie before we get on to the senior final uh, in intermediate next year similar to Thomastown where you think they'll be very competitive um, I think they'll be competitive um, I don't think they'll end up in county semi-finals or anything like that. I don't okay. think. I think. Um, <clears throat> I think they will be competitive. Um, they'll need to find their feet very quickly. The draw will be a huge part of that. Yeah. Um, but once they find their feet and all that, they have a brand of hurling that will suit the intermediate grade. Um, they, they won't be. They won't be. They won't be fighting relegation or anything like that now. But they'll be. They'll be in there in the middle range. I'd say in the first year up there, and that to me is more than acceptable. Okay. Are they on the same trajectory as Moonkind say, where they're going to be very competitive in a year or two, or you know, kind of two, three years down the line, or is it a bit soon to say that? It's not no no. I think you're you're, you're dead right in saying that. Okay. Like they won that. Did they win the under nineteens? They did. They won the minor two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was minor A. Eh? Like all these lads are coming. They're all coming now. You know yeah. the type of this is this is their time to shine. And it's they've 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 a damn good club out there. Really good setup. Um, good management team. Really good players. You know they've got one or two top high end Kilkenny County hurlers. People will argue they should have more. Um, you know at different grades and all that through the ranks. But like you mean. I'm telling you now, players like Young Ling in midfield, Connor Hennessy, Keen Dunhu, them lads are exceptional. And I'm really, 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 oh Jesus, I'm really impressed with that Murphy Chapel wing forward. I think he's been absolutely brilliant in this championship. First year, I'd say, playing, if not second, maybe. Yeah. But he's just been superb and his brother was brilliant at the weekend as well no Tuller have a bit to say now and I think I'm even convincing myself to more think about it that you know these lads are going <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. a year older um, no they're they're going to be formidable for anybody now everybody will have a reason to fear them ok good stuff we look forward to that um, we also look forward to this Sunday it is the jewel in the crown the cherry on the cake I have no more analogies it is the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Championship Final O'Loughlin Gales against Ballyhill Shamrocks 2 o'clock in UPMC in Olin Park live on KCLR with build up straight after the 1 o'clock news in around 10, 10 past 1 um, Eddie the Shamrocks are the clear favourites for this one they're going for 6 in a row uh, they're going to be the outright uh, number 1 team to have won the most Kilkenny Senior County titles ahead of Tullerone um, well Lachlan's clear underdogs anyway in which the City team uh, end the Shamrock's reign of terror <laughs> the reign and, of terror I think that is a just phrase if I'm being the honest the reign of terror you. Jesus it's Halloween and all that yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll let you away with it this time but I would say the stride of pride there from the Shamrock's <laughs> Bally Hill and more likely than the reign of terror yeah, yeah. Um, just you know they're an exceptional side is there any way that the City team can win Yes. Score more. About to 100%. And, yeah, yeah. and, and they're going to. My God. He's calling it. I am. Um, right, is this desperate Desperate times now? They're the last team yeah. left in the championship, <laughs> Robbie. I can't. <laughs> Who else can I do? What? Ring Shamrock's Bally Hill and tell him I'm going to form an all-star side to play them. <laughs> you know. Um, no, Still I think... wouldn't be. Look, I don't know. Did you see who's down to referee the game? No. Neither did I. So, And the ref will have a massive part to play in this game because every free you give away against the Shamrocks Bally Hill is a score. Every free. Not... Peter Burke. Peter Burke. And do you know what? I really read him. He really lets the game flow. 
He genuinely does. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes he can be criticised for letting it go too much. Do you know that type of yeah, way? Yeah. You'd hear, you'd hear, I often hear, you'd hear the lads on commentary and you know, when I'm on comm, you never hear me commenting on referees. No, no. Um, but, but what you'd find is, sometimes you'd hear it being said, you know, the freezer are hard come by, whatever else. When that happens, that's a real leveller because TJ is so deadly accurate from freeze. And if, God forbid, that happened to TJ and he had to come off, Owen Cody is so deadly accurate from freeze. Every free you give away against the Shamrocks is a score. Mm. So that's that's number one. So discipline is going to be majorly important. And then it's back to... And, I, you know, I know I've, I've, I've made these comments a few times about it. The O'Loughlin Gales forward line not contributing enough on the scoreboard has been an issue. Um, you know, they knocked in... They knocked in three sixteen against Bennett's Bridge. That'd be a fair return, yeah. you know. That in my eyes would be a fair, fair return uh, from any team. Um, Owen Wall got the two goals in yeah. there in that game as well. So what it's going to come down to is discipline, number one, and then number two is the matchups. So nullifying your opposition, and I know that sounds so negative. That no, it's true. Though. That's that's where it's going to be, um, because. I, I listened back to one of the podcasts the other day just to see yeah. uh, just I was doubting myself <coughs> wow I, that is a very rare occurrence now, yep. ladies and gents and what happened was I listened back to my comments on James Stevens versus Shamrock's Ballyhale in the semi-final no ahead of the semi-final okay. and what I said at that stage as well as part of Desperation Alley that I'm in now <laughs> I said I think James Stevens might win right yeah but I also said if James Stevens turn up would win. I said they would win would win and I said, if they turn up and played like they did against Greg Ballycallan, they're going yeah, to be bet by 20 yeah, points. And they were. So, there's no scenario where I'm going to tell you Lachlan Gales are going to be beaten by 20 points. That's not going to happen. Yeah. So, this is going to be a lot tighter. And this is where your matchups are going to be vital. The biggest call in the whole match for me is who's going to pick up Adrian Mullen. Because... Not TJ, no. no. TJ Reid. Sorry, I don't know him. TJ Reid. Paddy Deegan will be picking up TJ Reid. Paddy Deegan will not be coming out of centre-back. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't thought so. And if TJ goes dropping back into the midfield area, which he can do, one of the midfielders, Jack Nolan or Jamie Ryan or Keane Loy, whoever starts midfield, one of them will pick him up if he drops out around that area and a forward will drop out and cover that. So Paddy Deegan will be starting at centre-back yeah. and he'll be picking up TJ. Where I get a little bit cautious on it is, and I'm not in any way, shape or form diminishing the ability of David Fogarty and Jordan Malloy I'm already as we know signed up founding member yeah. of the fan club of the O'Loughlin no, yeah, yeah. half back line it's one man team at the moment but never but for me one of the two boys has to come out of half back line to be replaced by Mikey Butler Mikey really? Butler has to pick up Adrian wow that'd be a huge call it would be a huge call that's why I'm never going to be managing the O'Loughlin but that's that, that for me oh, there was another one I did say as well actually just so you know when I yeah. listen back to hear what okay. I said I said about Paddy pushing further up the field yeah. and I said that won't happen because Brian Hogan's not mad like I am yeah. Paddy Deegan pushed into midfield in that semi-final when they were playing Bennis Bridge and it got tight Paddy moved up into midfield Hugh Lawler went to centre back and the boys turned the screw for about 15 minutes and then Paddy dropped back in so they did push him up the field a little bit more this O'Loughlin Gales team aren't as rigid in the positions as you'd think like Hugh Lawler came from full back to centre. But if you move, if you do that against the Shamrocks and Owen Cody goes in full forward or something like that, there could be two goals gone before you can repair the damage. Do you, do you know <coughs> yeah, I mean? no, no. See, what I would say is right. Hugh Lawler sits at full back, so whoever goes full forward, Hugh takes him. So whether TJ Reid is in a full forward, Owen Cody is in a full forward, whoever is Hugh sits at full back. 
Okay? Paddy Deegan sits at six. Either David Foley or Jordan Malloy has to come out of half back line and let Mikey Butler push up. Where do they go into the corner? Yeah. I don't see this is the thing though. I don't know if they're cornerbacks. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, a specialist yeah. position. Yeah, like, yeah, different, different. Um, the game. beauty about the beauty about Ballyhale is I think Owen Kennelly will come out around midfield. So if you bring say Jordan Malloy back and tell him to pick up Owen Kennelly, he can end up around midfield. So he'll be out where he wants to be anyway. Yeah. And then it means it's two on two inside, which is dangerous. Um, and you have... See, it's easy, so easy for me to do this. I'm doing yeah, this yeah, based yeah, on yeah. stats. Um, that's that's where I'd have it. I'd have Mikey Butler, Manmark and Adrian Mullen. And I'd say to him, no matter where Adrian goes, you go. Unless he goes full forward. If he goes full forward, Hugh takes him. But everywhere else, you mark him. Okay. That's obviously very key for you that they, do, do they have to stop that access of Mullen, Cody and Reed to have any chance here oh yeah and do they have to stop all three yep well you don't have to stop all three if you stop two of them you'll go a long way to winning that game right um, see what I'd be saying is what Brian has to do is he has to sit down and look at his half back line and say right Paddy's taking TJ Reed. one of David or Jordan is going to have to mark Owen Cody Owen Cody doesn't tend to be as busy backwards as Adrian Mullen yeah. Adrian Adrian has a t- Adrian Adrian could be back in the full back line yeah. he could be in midfield he could be in the full forward line his fitness levels are true roof so are Owen Cody's it's not like I'm saying Owen's not like yeah. that but Owen's more of a forwards forward yeah. he tends to go half forward or full forward you know in that line like so you have to look at your two wing backs and say which one of my two wing backs is going to be disciplined and sit and pick up Owen Cody and mark him and he's going to have his handful Owen Cody is just brilliant like Young herder of the year two times in a row. Like he's he's in the top fifteen herders in Ireland by a like by a distance. Yeah, yeah. He'd make every forward line in the country in every club in every county. Mm. That's how good he is. So either Jordan or David Ford, you have to pick him up. Okay. Yeah. Then the other wing forward is Adrian Mullins. I'd be bringing Mikey Butler out to pick him up, and I'd be asking either Jordan Malloy or David Forty to drop back and pick up Owen Keneally, who tends to come out around the middle anyway, and leave him. So that'd leave Colin Fenley and Niall, Niall Shorthall inside. But the Shamrocks are constantly moving. So Colin Fenley will stay at full forward, but Niall Shorthall might push out and Owen Cody push in and whatever. And I would then have it that everyone sticks to their men. So you're giving a man at start and you stick with him with the exception of Hugh at fullback. You do not move out of that position and Paddy at centre-back. You do not move out of that position. Everyone else is follow your man. Right. Okay. Um, that's O'Loughlin's nullifying their opponents. How do they exert some control in the game with the ball and get their scores into position to get enough scores to win this match? Yeah, midfield is a massive. Um, they're two really inexperienced midfields. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, the last day for Shamrocks, Connor Walsh and Liam Barron were in midfield. Two two good hurlers. Liam Barron was very impressive the last day. He got two points from play as well. Um, he put in a shift. I think Jack Nolan started in midfield with Jamie Ryan, if I'm not mistaken. I think Keen Loy was a late omission. I maybe actually I think Keen Jamie Loy, Ryan came on near the end. Keen Loy started in midfield and Jamie Ryan came on from I'd say. So the Keen Loy's not inexperienced, he's an experienced midfielder. So they need to get a foothold in midfield very, very quickly in the game. Um, <coughs> for for O'Loughlin Gales that's 100% that's where the catalyst is going to be their half back line have to do all the defensive stuff that they've been doing all year but also contribute to the scoreboard which they have been but they have to do it again they have to do it they, they, they haven't been sitting man marking Adrian Mullen Owen Cody and TJ Reid that's not going to be good enough on Sunday you have to 
go the other way and contribute to that scoreboard you're going to have to get scores as well I think I think Mikey Butler out around that middle of the field no issue at all with that I think Mikey Butler a lad to the score and he got gold for Kenny in the championship this year he's busy I tell you he caught a ball the last day in, in Nolan Park it was worth the admission fee alone it was like Gordon Banks diving across <laughs> the goal and into the hand he was up around the full forward time when he got it he just couldn't get it up quick enough to, you know, to get a strike off I'd have no fear with that so they're going to need their backs to contribute to the scoreboard not hugely but they're going to have to chip in with three or four points minimum um, and I think they might get a, a bit of that space like what, what happens with Ballyhale and people forget this too that Ballyhale the work rate from the Ballyhale forwards is unbelievable like like, oh yeah, you know these lads aren't going to get a second on the ball. Yeah. Oh, Cody, Adrian Mullen, TJ Reid, young players should be dragged and sat down and said, "You just watch Adrian Mullen for this whole match. He might be one of the best hurlers in Ireland, but his bloody work rate, you know, back on his own goal line defending up the other end of the field in thirty seconds scoring a goal. You know these things don't happen by accident. They happen because of pure athleticism and attitude. Their attitudes are absolutely brilliant. So yeah, we're going to need Jordan Malloy, Paddy Deegan, David Foley to have a day defensively but they're going to have to have it going forward too um, the midfield battle is vital um, as I said to you the discipline side of it is very important Mark Bergen missed a couple of uh, freeze early in the game the last day that won't happen again Mark you know he, he had yeah, his he no. had his day that day yeah. <laughs> then inside in the full forward line I would have told you earlier in the year I thought that the, 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 the Shamrocks full back were there to be got it early in the championship uh, Derek Corcoran since he's went in full back he's He's been exceptional. He's a brilliant player. Yeah, but I much prefer him out in the half back line. Um, you know, I just prefer him to be up there. Yeah. But in the full back line, he's been brilliant at full back. Like I said to you, the player I thought to miss the most was Joey Holden. Um, but Dara has filled that gap lovely. Killian Corkin is is a tasty cornerback, and so is Dara Mason. But the lads are going to need. O'Loughlin Gales are going to need Owen Wall. Sean Bulger and Paddy Butler to be getting on the ball like Owen got two goals the last day Paddy Butler got one point and Sean, Sean Bulger got no score from play um, you know 2-1 from the full forward is not going to win you the county championship yeah, you know two with that concern you. Eddie and what I mean by that is really if we're being honest since the start of the league the O'Loughlin's forwards haven't lit it up some, some, there's been some great individual performances even consistently there's been some great individual performances but it's not a forward line that would strike a lot of fear in you um, but they can score of course would that not concern you at all that they haven't shown enough to this point to suggest that they can get what I presume would be somewhere between 25 and 30 points needed to win a county final yeah that was, see it would it concerns me massively um, it'd be my biggest concern yeah. but like when you sit down and go through the game how, what are they going to need to score 25 points I think you think 25 points to win the county final yeah I think it was, was it 120 to 21 points with the Borough and the Shamrocks there in the quarterfinal if it's going to be a similar game like that I think 25 points is it right so 25 points what they got in the semi-final to win them the championship yeah but that was against Bennett's Bridge with the greatest respect to Bennett's Bridge yeah but Bennett's Bridge were, you know Bennett's Bridge were, were very very good that day oh they were yeah defensively they were very tight they were hard to break down the lads they got 316 oh, Lachlan Gales got 316 yeah. in that game Ballyhale got 519 in their semi-final in their quarterfinal 120 120 um, first round Dane's fourth ah, well, doesn't really count yeah. Yeah. Um, but 25 26 points probably win you the game yeah I look I, t- t- see the problem is you just don't know how like and I'm saying this like I, I felt from the outset of the year that Shamrock's Ballyhale had lost too many players 
to continually win championships. Yeah. And since that time, Colin Fenley has come back into the fold. But outside of that, they're still missing four or five players. Yeah, yeah. So for that reason and that reason alone, I I wouldn't say I wrote them off. I said I felt that the gap will have closed too quickly yeah. and it'll be hard done. They, they, they scraped by a one-point win over the team I said they were going to win the championship in Dixborough. Two points, yeah. Two-point win. Um, One-score game, sorry. Uh, but it was, a, it was an epic battle. I was, yeah. Um, there was nothing in it. I would take with both hands a similar game on Sunday. I'd love it. Yeah. The Kilkenny Championship would love it. It'd be absolutely it brilliant. Needs it, does it? Well, it does. If there's a procession on Sunday, it's not good. There's um, been some processions in these finals in recent years, I have to say. Yeah, but I think the Dixborough final, the Dixborough Championship match, like I was at, and like I spoke to somebody, you have to remember as well, Robbie, when you and me go to matches, I would say we're quite similar in the sense that we're like most people. Most people that listen to this podcast, they don't listen to it for the ingenious, the in-depth analysis of how to break what? down games. I'm telling you, I couldn't believe it myself. <laughs> I know. But, <laughs> but, but, but what happened that day was I I loved the Dixborough Bally Hale ah, match. Brilliant, yeah. I thought it was unreal. I and then I was chatting to two lads who will be far more versed and far more established in hurling. Right. And both of them said to me, "Pretty average hurling on the day." Ed. And these aren't these aren't dickheads now. They're not. No, everybody's entitled to their no, opinion. No, but the point that they were making to me was, and I said, "Well, why did I enjoy it so much then?" And they said, "Because it was tight. Because it was a hummer. It was a really good battle, you know." And there's been some great games in the championship this year that have been tight, you know. Like the best single performance I've seen in the championship of anyone this year, and I've been to. I'd say I've been to 30 games, games this yeah, year, yeah. yeah. The single best performance by any team I've seen in the championship this year, there's two. Thomas Downs' performance against Dunhamagan in the county semi-final yeah. and the Shamrocks' performance against James Stevens. Against the Village? Their performance against the Village. The second half performance, that 20 minutes. Oh, Janie, Mac, if you were... Like, the O'Loughlin Gales, that's where I would address them at that stage. They were able to watch the second half, I'd say. Their match was on first. Yeah. So they got to watch their friends and rivals getting absolutely... Oh, my God. I can only imagine it's like waiting for the firing squad. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's happening next? The lads up front there are going to show you now in a minute. That, but it was. It was just... But it was just so... It was just so good now. Hmm. It really was. There wasn't a handling error. There wasn't a mistake. Everything was bullet fast. So that that made it, to me, that was the second best performance. But the best game I was at this year was Dixborough against the Shamrocks. Yeah. And I love, I love this game to be like that. I'd love it to be 15 battles out across the field, maybe 10 situations where you have 10 one-on-one games where Johnny's marking Paddy. So whether it's TJ's picking up Paddy Deegan, Adrian Mullen getting picked up by you know, I'm saying Mikey Butler, who's who, who I'd be putting on him, but maybe, maybe um, Brian will turn around and say, no, 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 we're all staying in our own positions, but you just man mark him. Uh, David Fogarty picks him up, or Jordan Malloy picks him up, but you end up with all of these little battles all over the field, and it's whoever wins the most in them battles will win the match. But I, I think, I think everything is telling me that the Shamrocks Bally Hale are more than likely going to win the game, um, and it's it's purely out of what's the word for it not loyalty anyway but purely out of that I said that they wouldn't win the championship start of the year that I'm sticking I'm sticking to that yeah, now yeah, yeah. Um, stubbornness stubbornness yeah I, and also in the a fact, good way in a good way yeah, and, I, and also the also the fact that I think um, I think O'Loughlin Gales are very good yeah, I think yeah. this is this is if it wasn't going to be Dixborough against Shamrock Bally Hill this is who we would have wanted okay. and then also on a side note just a little side note 
Shamrock Ballyhill will have beaten every city team en route to winning the championship this year if yeah. they beat O'Loughlin Gales. They'll have beaten the Borough in the quarters, James Stevens in the semi, and O'Loughlin Gales in the final. And I can tell you something for nothing. When you're a country team like Shamrock's Ballyhale, oh. you absolutely love beating city teams. They love it. Guaranteed. I know my own club at home are a country club, and I know all country clubs just hate townies. And no, that is 100% <laughs> accurate. That is 100% true as a, as a country so myself. I, I'm sure the people from the village in Dixborough will be all in there roaring yeah. on O'Loughlin Gales yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a world of hatred for O'Loughlin Gales. <laughs> you know, it gets mad because people are normally jealous of the Shamrocks Bally Hale. So you end up with neutral siding with the opposition. But that's purely for underdog. Do you know if does that jealousy make sense? is the reason I put it in? Do you in? think so? Yes, I, I think it's do. more so because it's like, oh, we'd love to see a different winner and an underdog winner rather than anything against the Shamrocks. That sounds I, just like I what think, jealous people I say. I think when it comes to the town teams, I think there's a bit of whoever the hell they're playing. I'd rather see them lose. But see, this is where I come with it. So if you're, oh yeah, it'd be nice to see someone different winning. Then you're shouting for a Lachlan Gales, and if no, but nobody is if you're from the country, unless you're mad. I think if you're from the country, you're if shouting. You're, for if you're from the country and shouting for a Lachlan's, you've gone against your people. If you're city and you're shouting for a Lachlan's. You've also gone against your. your so this is what I was saying to you now. I'd say it's the first time anyway. Like, see, this is what I mean. Like, Shamrocks are going into this game now, and probably the whole like Kenny Barrow Lachlan Gales are shouting for them. When you when you break it down, country yeah, teams don't yeah, want city no, teams true, to win it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. If I was in the O'Loughlin Gales dressing room, I'd just play the last minute of that podcast back to them and tell yeah, them yeah. nobody likes you, you know. But for me, they've now you have the five, six, 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 six of the top ten backs in Kilkenny are coming up against five or six of the best forwards in Kilkenny. It's yeah. it's this is going to be uh, box office similar to what we got with Bennett's Bridge and O'Loughlin Gales the last day it'll be attritional hopefully the weather plays ball because it's been an atrocious yeah, few weeks um, but look I think it'll be a brilliant game and I just love it to be a one score game whichever way it goes and I mean that I, jersey selections as well I think um, one of these teams will be wearing green jerseys and the other team will be wearing white jerseys yeah that's the plan I'd say is yeah, it yeah yeah that's how they usually do it who'll be wearing what I'd say well, Lachlan's will wear green. <laughs> but that, that is off. That is off. Based on? I remember I was in Nolan Park probably more than 10 years ago where Lachlan's were playing the Shamrocks. This is definitely more than 10 years ago because Martin Comfort was playing for Lachlan's and Henry Sheffield was playing for the Shamrocks. And I think Lachlan's wore green. <laughs> so there you go. That's how high quality sta- uh, a podcast this can be at times. Yeah, but I, t- I don't know. I presume there's a coin toss, Robbie. Yeah, I presume it's something. Tuller, Tuller and St. Lacton's had the same thing, didn't they? They did. They both wore black and amber jerseys. Um, Tuller wore black, St. Lacton's wore white. Yeah. Oh, you, see, I, can't I don't do mind this that. here, can they? What? They can't both wear their away jerseys because presumably they're green. Um, yeah, no, no. Um, what I would say is, no, I think, I think the nice thing is it's just different to play in your own colours the whole it'll be a sea of green and white there in uh, yeah, yeah. in the park on Sunday but I ah, know I think it doesn't matter I'd say it'll be a coin toss uh, I'm going to I'm going to predict Shamrocks will be all green okay. and uh, O'Loughlin Gales will be in their white ok yeah um, but I'm predicting a Shamrocks win as I did from the start of the year I thought they'd win the county title you're going for O'Loughlin Gales in a desperate desperate uh, plea to try and uh, stop me from equalising with you because we should say it's 2-1 to you now Eddie 
Uh, I got one back this weekend with Thomas and win the Intermediate County title. I was on the ropes Saturday afternoon, I have to say. I, I would have liked to have seen St. Lacton's win as a neutral, but uh, didn't mind Tuller Ross Burke and win neither. But with Tuller Ross Burke and winning, it meant it was still 2 0. Thomastown won one, got the Intermediate title, so it's 2 1 heading into this game. So if the Shamrocks win, it's 2 all in our predictions. And to give some context to that, O'Loughlin Gales got relegated from Intermediate. You said that at the start of the year. And Danes Fork got relegated from Senior. You said that at the start of the year. I said Thomas will win the Intermediate Championship at the start of the year. They have. And I said the Shamrocks will win the Senior Championship at the start of the year. And they're in the final. You said the Borough. They can't. So it's either going to be 2-1 to you or 2-all. So uh, very tasty times ahead this weekend. Yeah, I think it's also important to point out that on on, on, on from my side of it, St. Lactons is who I had predicted to win the Junior. Yeah. And they got beaten in the county final there last week as well. Are you trying to claim some sort of a goal difference victory here? <laughs> just saying <laughs> it to the count back, you're done. Fucking desperate stuff. Um, <laughs> no, 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 that's fair enough. And look at his ah, exciting yeah. times as well. No, it is, yeah. It's a good old crack. Okay, uh, we always end on a more general topic, as I would put it. Uh, we have got a message in here. Um, you're texting in in your millions. Um, Hi, Robbie. Just a topic for you and Eddie on the podcast. Are players from South Kilkenny unfairly discriminated against for Kilkenny minor and under 20 teams? Seems to be much harder for someone from Pilltown, Kilmacow, etc. to make a team than players from the city. None of Tullaher's star players yesterday, which was Saturday of course, were deemed good enough for this year's under 20 panel. That's coming in from Paul. Thanks for your message, Paul. Uh, it's not millions, it's thousands texting in. But, um, Eddie, what do you make of that? Yeah, look, these things come up sometimes. Um, right, so first of all, are they unfairly discriminated against? No. Um, there's no manager ever takes up a mantle in a county team and says right I'm going to try and win an All-Ireland this year but I'm not picking anyone from that club that that doesn't happen that's somewhere living rent free in your head that you might think that so genuinely managers will try and pick the best players that they can find so the second point to that one is so who who were the players so I'm going to say that was somebody from probably Tuller texting in just I'm, we don't know but we might say so yeah. I'm going to blame Tuller for this one no but I know and why I'd say it could be somebody from somewhere like Tuller is because Tuller have so many young players that didn't get into panels now I don't know the ages of a lot of these lads you have to remember that Yeah. but I do know Lar Murphy and Marty Murphy are very young the two of them right Keane O'Donoghue Connor Hennessy are a little bit older than I think I think the two boys could be 22 or 23 now. I remember them playing minor for Kilkenny a couple of years back, maybe three years ago. Yeah, yeah. So they're not as young. Jason Shealy, uh, Shiley, he's a young enough player as far as I know. So Tuller have loads of young players. So where does the Kilkenny under 20 manager get to see these lads? Straight out. When they play Hurling Championship for yeah. Tuller or Ross Birkin. Mm. They got knocked out in the first round of the Championship last year. Yeah. He then has to pick his panel. They got knocked out in the first round of the Championship. He doesn't get to see them. So, because they're not in the window, I was told before, if you're not getting to county semi-finals, forget about getting into county panels because they're they're not going to get to see everybody. Yeah, and and I think that could be the argument there. If if for me, Tullaher, um, Tullaher were probably a little bit unlucky in the sense that um, they got locked out so early in the championship last year, and that's why so many other players were overlooked. Okay, Munkoin on the flip side of that, Munkoin have a really, really, really good. Um, young team playing a great brand of hurling as well so like 
why they're being overlooked it's not it's it's not that simple I'd have to and I'd be honest with you my own opinion on it is a manager will come in and he'll try and pick the best team he can pick and his selectors are there so I'd be looking at where like you know Mark is there managing the under 20s Mark Bergen Mark Dowling Mark Dowling is managing the under 20s come on Eddie um, <laughs> Mark Dowling is managing the under 20s and obviously Dixborough man yeah so I don't know who's the selectors do you know who the selectors are I'm not 100% right though. so Sorry, no. It's not no, you're sorry. okay. But the selectors, what I'd be saying is, and this is where it comes down to it, is your selectors, your backroom team. Like, I know, I think JJ Delaney was one of his selectors. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, that was it. Yeah, there was a former Kilkenny player. Yeah, who, so I think, you know, JJ's obviously gone away now. Um, he's gone to America, so he won't be there this year. But what would happen generally is your selectors, you'd pick one from kind of the south of the county, one from the north of the county, that type of way, that might get you a feel for who who, who you can bring in there. But they'll do their best to get the biggest, widest scope. Again, it comes down to, without having Mark sitting here talking to us, we don't know how many players are brought into trials with the Kenny under 20s or many players turned it down and and, and I think no, we don't no, we, we don't, don't we, yeah. you know we're not able to tell that so it can feel like it's sometimes that, that maybe smaller clubs and, and teams are overlooked but I don't think it's an intentional thing okay do, do you think do you think they pick say the, 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 I'm just being the adjudicator here so I'm not going to really offer my opinion too much some people think Right, they pick the team. The 15 are the 15 best players. They maybe pick two or three subs that they need. Numbers 18 to, say, 28. If they can get away with it, they fill it up with maybe players from their own clubs or whatever. And this is where the South of the County feel a bit hard done by because they don't have selectors from the South involved in Kilkenny teams. Again... Not necessarily my opinion. <coughs> just have to uh, offer a different side of the story. Maybe if that is the case, I'd have to look at the, the, the Kenny under twenty panel and then and then try and analyse it based on that thing. For me, and I remember trying out for county teams when I was younger as well, and and and, and how it was put across, and it was a big thing at home. Where, where I was in Westmead I remember going for Westmead trials and we were up in Turles Pass for trials and we were brought to Milltown and places like that to train and it was you know the back of beyond like we were yeah. townies from Athlone having to travel the whole way up to North Westmead to train and that but I remember at the time we did feel we had to perform 20% better than the lads from Mullingar have any chance of getting in there because the the, the, the the county team was heavily stacked the management team was heavily stacked with people from that region okay. um, in Westmead they finally won a Leinster title. Uh, the one in Ireland minor in '95. Luke Dempsey was managing the team back then, and that team had a right sprinkling of everyone. There was players from all over the place on it. Luke was teaching in Westmead at the time, as far as I remember, so he would have had a fair handle on Westmead football. And then eventually, the Westmead team went on and won a Leinster title. I'm going to say in 2001 under Paddy O'Shea. Yeah. Paddy didn't give a shit where you came from. If you came from Curry, and he could get you yeah. into that team to win, he put you in it. And that Westmead team then probably had seven or eight, maybe even nine players from the area I was from, as in. Gary Castle, Athlone, Castle Daly, Moat. That was unheard of. Yeah. Because county teams were. And now you have to remember, I'm giving it from the opposite side. We felt they were picking players from their own areas. Yeah. And, 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 and well, not that they were picking players from their own areas, but to be in the Westmead team at the time, you had to be 20% better than the lads from the north of the county in order to get into the team if you were from the south of the county. And I can see where people will think that, but I can assure you, my opinion and my experience at this level and in coaching and everything else is all of these guys all want to put the best players on the field to try and win in All-Ireland 
Yeah, I, and they don't care where you're coming from. I have to say, on I, I do 100% agree on that. Uh, I think we should remember, and I know he's done some great work with us here. So we're talking about Mark Dowland. He's still the last manager to win a county title outside the Shamrocks. That's how good a manager he is. He won it with the Borough back in 2017, led them to the final in 2020. So, I mean, I don't think it was meant as a personal slight at Mark. That no, text not at in. all. No, no. This is a this is a, a general. But we're just talking about the twenties well. at the yeah, moment. Yeah. But there, no, I, I was going to just get to that. But uh, like, he's an incredible manager, really, um, and. I, yeah, he's definitely picking a team I think that he thinks can win all earned uh, you can speak for himself on that but um, definitely but and the same N- as Niall Bergen is the same I think with the minors but, yes. but what I'm saying is yesterday on scoreline this absolutely blew up that was one message in but we were getting so many in we were inundated with it uh, people seemed to just be going mad about it that they felt that there was this sort of I'm not going to say conspiracy but there's a begrudgery maybe and and uh, Player, people from the city and maybe the north of the county don't pick players from the, the south of the county so we have to speak about this openly and I give them a fair shot at it as well like the, the say like the, do you think there needs to be more representation from selectors and coaches from the south of the county because I remember my own club is St Martin say and we had a great manager um, Sean O'Neill who just did amazing work with us um, he was from Coon the other part of the parish is then it's Coonmuckalee Valley Foyle. He was always insistent on if the manager, whoever's from Coon, you have one selector from Muckalee, one selector from Valley Foyle, and that you have that sort of tread through. Do you think you need that in Kilkenny to an extent where you have the ma- okay, the managers from the city, we have one selector from the north, one selector from the south? Um, no, I, I, I think that's too simple. I think uh, you appoint a fella to manage a team. And he builds his backroom team. Robert Shorthall and Lee Megan are the selectors, by the way. Yeah. So you, you, you get twenties. And what clubs are they from? I don't know. So, look, I think to me anyway, I think it's 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 you 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 pick your management team and you let them go and do it. There'll be trials. Lads will have an opportunity. It's fine. I understand. I get pissed off sometimes as well when players I feel should be called into panels aren't called into panels. Uh, Niall has an unenviable task at minor it's very very tricky because yeah. they're so young uh, I'm not saying that Mark Dowling has it any easier because they're a little bit older but Mark does get a better opportunity I think to see these players at cl- a club level and if they're if they're flying I would imagine Tullerher and Thomastown you know he's going to be looking really there to see 100%. how many of these lads like he's you know. had all these games as, so, as are the selectors as we said he, about he, Derek Ling a few weeks yeah, back he'll be looking at them games to see who he can get out of them two teams because he'll have winning teams and that's what you want you want teams that are on an upper trajectory so I've no doubt on it but I, I've a different one for you before we get off topic yeah, yeah. and finish the podcast and it's just one thing because I seen it yesterday and I was pretty appalled by it as okay. um, football in Lee, in Tullamore yesterday yeah. the Me champions played the Offaly champions I think in, the game was in Tullamore so I'm assuming yeah. it was the Offaly champions um, a full time whistle goes a referee gave a penalty in the last minute of the game the umpire and the linesman all went in and talked to him and then he changed it to a free and you know the team was losing by two points he was giving them a penalty he was going to give them a lifeline it was the last kick of the game yeah, yeah. Uh, the match ends and yet again we see a referee being escorted off a field by an army of security and then from what I'm hearing from my sources an injured player from the team that was beaten comes onto the field in his casual gear and he thrown the referee to the ground yeah there was a video gone uh, it's gone viral there now in the whole app but the point that I'd say to you Robbie is at what point at what point do we draw a line like I, I, I'm very quick to defend 
referees when, when something goes wrong. But at the same time, if something goes wrong, I have no problem. Uh, the very same way, I have no problem calling out a corner forward for making a mistake yeah, in the yeah. game. No, they have to be open to criticism. It's very important. Right, and I think what you have here in this scenario, this referee made the right call, whether you like it or not. And I know you'd be pissed off. I bet you Mickey Welch was pissed off. He was, yeah. In the Dixborough game. But it was the right call. Same decision where a penalty became A penalty free, was over. But that yeah. was the right call, Dave. The officials came to the right decision. I know it hurt. And I know if I was Michael Welch, I'd be probably waiting for my six-month suspension from the GEA for my reaction. But ultimately, the referee got to the right decision at the end of the game. But when the whistle blows and the match is over, you'll never see me over physically having an alteration with a referee I think that to me is just absolutely scandalous there's no scenario where that can be accepted and I actually think what happens in the GEA is we listen to too much pity parties from referees when something small happens and there's a comment made but when something like this happens the firmest hand that can be drilled down on that person needs to be drilled down if that person plays the game he should never be allowed play in the GEA again for that Yeah, that's my opinion that should be a lifetime ban no I agree and I just I just, for me I thought because there's so much of the other stuff you know yeah. um, I don't mind shouting from the line and roaring in and the whole lot the minute the foot of the whistle goes you go over you shake hands and say good luck Yeah, you know it's over it's a game we're doing it for enjoyment I don't know what went through that lad's head but you know what you'll be listening to in the next five or six days lovely fella coaches doing the rates in the club yeah, well this, pillar of society yeah. top man yeah. and you know what he probably let himself down we all make mistakes yeah. um, was it a kind of remember the ref when he fell that time with the Paolo Lacanio yoke was there oh, yeah. a bit you know there's a bit much maybe, maybe I'm being a bit too harsh with a lifetime ban but I think no, but a think, really big yeah. ban needs to be coming out I at the end of the day it's an assault you know it's a it's a cliche I don't like using because you need players to play the game and you need managers but you need referees at the end of the day you do need referees uh, I'm a young person say for example that doesn't play that has no interest really in playing um, love hurling though so if I was to go back in and say consider a career in refereeing no chance because there's no chance I'd put myself in a position where I'd feel even 1% uncomfortable about my own safety and well-being and I think that is the position you'd find yourself in now if you're a young referee or a referee anyway and I I think you'd want to be absolutely mad I think they say goalkeepers are mad referees have to be more nuts to put themselves in that position yeah I just I just think I seen it in, in Wexford a couple of years ago there was the whole respect the referee things and all that I think all that stuff is nonsense I think that's yeah it's that, just ticking boxes you know <clears throat> for me I actually think there needs to be whether it's more education for people I know myself I got suspended this year I took my suspension on the chin um, I, w- I was wrong but it was shouting and roaring and giving out and whinging yeah. uh, I was moaning hindsight for me I look back on it and I say I let myself down and I let the club down and more importantly for me was young people in the stands watching my reaction to uh, which you know look the referee knows I thought you had a bad performance that day <laughs> I, I told them yes. um, but you know it's not acceptable um, I haven't seen the referee to apologise to him when I do I will um, but the simple fact of the matter is Kids are sitting in the stands watching that, um, you know, and we forget that. We see in the Premier League all these Jurgen Klopp squaring up to officials yeah. and things like that. That's not healthy. Did that happen back in the day? I don't remember. Like, I, I, like I'm well, the only thing I, t- I always say this about anything in life at the moment, it goes around a lot quicker because we're in the age of information. That video wouldn't have existed 50 years ago. No, what I so mean you, is... you hear about it no, in the local area and that's it kind but of... But what I'm on about is 
did it happen back in the day where managers squared up to officials? I don't think but that's it what did. I'm saying. It, might, it may have happened. We just never heard of it. Yeah, you wouldn't hear of it. But as if you much. look at the, say Premiership matches that would have been on telly and stuff, if you look yeah. back, like Mr. Alex Ferguson. Yeah, but he'd Fergie time and he'd he'd be whinging and moaning and the whole lot. But I mean, I'm on about go back to the sixties, that Matt Busby, um, Alf Ramsby, Ramsey, people like that. I don't think I think they yeah, were. Well, gentlemen. It's different in the soccer, isn't it? Because let's be honest, they they get well paid referees. They're not as well paid as the managers or the players, but they they they're getting a lot. No, of money you're missing my job. point though. It's but monkey see, monkey do. So yeah. what happens is we see on the television Davy Fitz running onto the field, and that then becomes completely acceptable for every manager in the country. No, I, I agree, but that's why I'm saying there's a difference. Jurgen Klopp does it, should not do it, 100% shouldn't, and I know I'm a Liverpool fan here. Right? But if a referee makes a bad call and Jurgen Klopp is sacked, the referee says in the job, Jurgen Klopp is sacked. Right, it's not just Jurgen Klopp we're talking about any manager. The difference, it's not just you lose a game and you move on. You lose a game, you could lose your job in that. That's that's their profession, that's their livelihood. In the GA, you lose a game... It's it's huge. It's the biggest thing in the world when you're in it, and it's the biggest thing for as you would say when you lose, you feel like it can go on for months and months of just being down. You do lose a game, and that's it. There's there's no more significant consequences to it. So that's why it becomes for me a lot. It's a lot bigger the debate than in professional sport, even though it's still disgusting in, in whether it be professional or not. Yeah, but I, ju- I just think I'm not I'm not making this point very well. But, but the point oh, yeah, that I am yeah. making is if you take. The Dublin manager, or a Brian Cody with Kilkenny, or Derek Ling now, or Henry Shefflin in Galway, yeah. if they're abusing officials on the line, or squaring up to officials on the line, it filters down. Kids no, watching it yeah, think this is acceptable. 100%. And this is where I'm getting back to what we're watching on TV in the Premiership. Like, I remember that famous picture with all the Man United players around the referee all screaming up in his face. Yeah. That, that there, all these kids then find that completely acceptable because yeah. this is our heroes and this is what they do and Roy Keane doesn't allow a referee yeah. away with that type of thing a, same in the GA I actually think I don't buy into that nonsense about the rugby players treat the officials with such well, great respect yeah well this is what I was going to say right if that's the argument the, you're going to no now. the only reason they do that the Roy Keane's and the, the squaring up to referees crowding around them because they want what's best they have their own self interest in their mind they want what's best for their team so they're not thinking about the millions of people watching around the world as a role model they're thinking we need to win this game it's the same with the GA now they're not going to do that if they think the game could be at jeopardy if they're sent off for doing it and it's whether the GA and soccer and, and stuff like that will they ever go that far with it where it's like you come up to a referee and you're just sent off Is that cause they'd never do it then it just would not happen. It's like diving, they said. You know, you just send them off for diving, diving's finished. Because you're completely putting your team at a loss. And you will be told by the man, and you, you've been a manager, do not go to the referee. We will be down to 14 men or 10 men, and there's going to be a significantly less chance of us winning this game. Yeah, I think, see, it could be even a situation where you could have a Simbin situation and say, right, bang. Yeah, or something but, like that, yeah. But what happened in yesterday's scenario was that this person took it upon himself to run in and, and challenge the ref but I've no it's not that I've no problem with going and having a word with the referee after a match and saying you know that's not good enough because that's not good enough either but to push the ref put your hands on the ref that can't be accepted at all and it'll be interesting to There's see a cul- Is there a culture of that in the in the GA where it's like once that match starts we can almost become barbarians to an extent and all common courtesy that you would have in normal day life walking down the street is just gone it's eradicated out the window and we can do what we want for the next hour 
I wouldn't think with, it's, so, with some people with a very small minority but nevertheless an, an it does important happen minority. small but I think what you find more so is in the stands uh, and I've seen that because I got to spend the whole Carlo Football Championship in the stands this year and what I've noticed is one or two bad eggs in a stand can turn the whole stand nasty and if you get one or two lads jumping and shouting abuse yeah. at referees and stuff like that, before you find anything else, they're all at it or abusing players and stuff. And that's something that we shouldn't tolerate at all. And I think the only way to stamp it out is clubs are in, I wouldn't say segregated areas, but clubs are asked to sit in the similar areas, if you know what I mean. So whether it's the Shamrocks, Ballyhale, people are asked to sit in this section of the stand. And, and I don't mean separating them out. Yeah. But you have club officials in them areas too. So if Robbie's acting a maggot, someone leans down and says, Robbie, take it easy, will you? Yeah. Just to Hard draw to you back. That everywhere though, isn't it? It is. Look, it is. Um, look, it's it's a sour note to finish off this week's podcast on. Point, but though. it is something I think the GEA need to address um, at every level, at every level. And I, and I mean that. I, I read an article yesterday evening online and it was basically saying, you'll see that everywhere from under 14s matches to under 12s matches. Will, yeah. That this type of of absolute um, tuggery coming from from the line, um, it's it's just a non-stop thing, and it's unfortunately it's a stain on the game. So it's something that has to be removed. But just on it before we finish, uh, you're a manager. Last round of the league, dead rubber. A player gets sent off uh, because they go up to a referee. You lose the game, but it's, it's not important. But you realise you've lost this game because we're down to fourteen men. What are you telling your team before throwing the next game around the oh, championship? Look, come here. It is. It's a hundred percent. But we're doing it anyway. You're in, in the Gaelic football. You're always conscious of the black card. Yeah, uh, you really are. It puts a stop to it straight away so on the match. It needs to be an in-match punishment rather than in the aftermath. Yeah, the aftermath's too late. Yeah. Um, you know, giving a fella a six-month ban here now or a twelve-month ban doesn't make a blind bit of difference. But that happened after the match, Robbie. Do you punish the club? The way they, in, in, you know when fans do something in England they punish the club even though you could argue it's not I, th- I think it'd be unfair I think the, the person did it Yeah, it's not a reflection on the club but it, we're talking about trying to eradicate it do you, do, do you have to go very very far the other way sometimes to bring it back to an equilibrium well if you if you, if you give this guy a big enough suspension that'll that'll steady the ships for a long time right because the, from the video footage I've seen he looks a young enough man um, well, obviously, if he was playing, yeah. well, that's 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 all speculation now as well. Yeah. But um, he was he definitely wasn't playing yesterday because he was in a pair of jeans and a jumper. Like, but uh-huh. <coughs> it's it's he looks a young enough fella. He's made a big mistake. He'll wake up this morning absolutely good, uh, guaranteed. Um, but unfortunately, there's a line and he's probably a good ten or twelve feet over it there at that stage. He is. We'll leave it at that. Eddie, as you said, it was uh, ending on a sour note, but nevertheless, that is the end of this week's edition of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast. We will be back next week to review the Senior Championship and, of course, we'll have or the Senior Final rather between O'Loughlin's and the Shamrocks and, of course, we will have our Senior Team of the Year and we'll look ahead to all that's to come afterwards. Thanks ever so much for listening. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLOR and Scoreline.ie.